and welcome to the Growing Happy Families podcast, where we aim to help you clarify your goals for your family, understand what makes your family members tick, and work out what helps you to get along better. This podcast is in no way an expert directive on how you should be parenting your children. After all, you are the experts on your family. But it is my sincere hope that you might hear something that helps you feel supported and understood as you go about the business of raising your next generation. My name is Kim Leone, and I'm here today talking with my lovely co-host and pal, Mari Perks. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Looking out at the sunshine, although I can see treetops and they're quite wavy. Oh, wow. I'm not going anywhere, so I'm... Me either. I'm just staying home. I'm staying Stay home, home today. and do stuff. What have we got today? What well, we... pearls of wisdom do you bring us today? Oh, I don't know about pearls of wisdom. What I was, what I've been thinking about though, is like the reason why I do five secrets to happy children isn't just for the children; it's for parents, and it's my kind of way of trying to help parents feel better about what they're doing because I know that it's really tough being a parent there's loads of things going on especially now with the pandemic even though the pandemic is kind of coming you know down from its intensity it's still there we still have this thing going on in the background and I know how how hard it can be as a parent to kind of just manage what's going on on a day-to-day basis and feel like you're doing a good job and that's really important to all of us but so what I was thinking about today was the fact that some of us as parents might be a helicopter parent and kind of be doing the hovering thing and wondering whether that is good and in my playful slightly bonkers brain I was thinking the the alternative might be to be a ninja because ninjas are fun and fascinating for some reason in my head. So that's where I thought I would go today. Let's look at the difference between helicopter parenting and ninja parenting. And why? what are the differences effectively and how might they be helpful or not helpful to parents? Yes, and I think, Possibly helicopter parenting is a term that some people are a little bit familiar with and may think they understand. But I've certainly not come across the phrase ninja parent, although I do have young people I know who are very aware of what ninjas are and what they do and how much fun they can be. But it's not, I'm guessing, it's not about fun, but it's about how we parent our children without being overly involved well that's that's a really good place to start isn't it I think just going back to fun I think that that could be for some people what's missing from being a parent you know it's become a slog it's a hard slog and it's just another hard slog on top of all the other things that we're having to juggle at the moment and so maybe fun is something that we need to kind of bring back in and I guess that's probably where my brain was going ninja parenting isn't the term I don't think I haven't checked that out but helicopter parenting yes as you say it's a kind of a phrase that's been used before 
So helicopter parenting, if you look on the web on the websites, Google it or whatever, it says someone who's hovering quite closely, watching what's going on, always very involved in what's happening with the children, with a spotlight on everything that the child is doing. Um, but the person who's helicoptering, shall we say, using it as a verb, is ready to swoop in to protect, to fix, to rescue, and kind of make sure that the child is lovely and happy, never experiences any discomfort or pain or upset. That's the, that's the intent behind it. So my idea for the ninja, if you look at ninja on the internet, it says uh, an ancient Japanese spy who used to have like an assassin type skills, really. So in some ways, if you look at the absolute description, it's probably not quite there. But in my head, ninja parenting is something that involves having super skills, being in the shadows, yes. So you kind of watch what's going on, you know what's happening, and you only come out and back in again to the shadows when required. Hmm. And, and the reason why I think that that is is a useful comparison, if you like. If we think about what, what happens with helicopter parenting, the intent is fantastic. We all want to be good parents. We all want to make sure our children are happy and have fun in life and get all the things that they need and don't have pain or discomfort. You know, there's there's really good intentions behind that. And in the short term, it works. But if you think about the long term, I think that there are some consequences to having that much involvement mm. in their life. Yes. And, and what actually just popped into my head as a thought was that the ninja would possibly be coming out just happening quickly, but doing things that the child can't do. Yeah, it's but a not necessary. being involved in the things that the child can do. Whereas the helicopter parent feels as though they're absolutely enmeshed in every aspect of the child's life yeah. for literally really. everything. Um, and everything, it could be, and with you know, no date stamp on it. Yeah, how do they? You know what they're what they're wearing, whether they're doing their homework. Let's do that together. You know, let me help you get ready for bed and. And that's all coming from a place of love, which is, you know, it's, it's commendable. It's not that people are, are doing anything bad or wrong, but it's just thinking about how much of that is because we need to feel like a good parent. And that's how we kind of see us ourselves being a good parent, doing a lot of stuff, rescuing, making sure they're not hurt, all that kind of thing. But actually, in the long term, how does that work? Because your kids have to depend on you always because they haven't learned certain skills. So they haven't learned how to look after themselves, make choices, get on with other people, cooperate with other people, which is really important because we live in a social world. We don't live in little bubbles. Although, you know, with COVID, we, they tried to make us into little bubbles. But but we don't, you know, life is social. We live with others in community mm. with other people. So we've got to get on with people. Yeah. And if nobody's taught us how or let us learn how, which is even more important, 
that's another difference i think with the helicopter parenting we're trying to teach again commendable but sometimes we spend time trying to teach so much that the kids don't have the time to learn i think that's what i'm i I think i'm i know that i'm hearing what you're saying and one of the things that occurs to me well actually two things one is that if you always protect them from pain then the first time they experience pain it's not going to be oh bother ouch I hurt my thumb it's going to be end of the world because I've I've never been allowed to hurt my thumb before that's that's, almost understandable but that's a good point Mari you know if we're always there waiting for something to happen the kids pick up on that too and they're that goes into their their um, personality, I guess, as, oh, my goodness, something's always going to go wrong. Or there's going to be a problem. Mum's here to get me or dad's yes. here to rescue. Yeah. So what does that sort of, what's the message that's, that the kid's going to pick up on? You know, children are really good at picking up on messages. They don't always get the message right. No. They think they, you know, they think they get it. And, and so if they think, oh something might happen mum's got to be there all the time or dad's got to be there somebody's got to protect me what is that going to put in them as a a way of living a way of looking at the Mm. world it's going to say something like I can't I can't do this on my own or I better watch out because this world is really dangerous Mm. and hence we have perhaps more anxious children but also very dependent children. Yeah. And and it's lovely, I suppose, for, for a parent to feel that their children can't do anything without them and that they're dependent on them. We but all they, need to feel needed, tiny. don't we? But if they're still doing that at 20, that, that could be... Really it's a little more burdensome. It's much more burdensome. And, and from my point of view, in the work that I do, what happens if that parent suddenly isn't there anymore? Yeah. So yeah. the helicopter's just gone from yeah. spotlights out. The helicopter's gone. And in the dark. You're a really good way to put it. So I've kind of fast-forwarded and I apologise for that. So coming back to, so we're we're at the sort of smaller child stage at this point. So we're getting a sense of what the helicopter parent potentially is doing and some of the pitfalls. Are we at the point of maybe doing a little bit of contrasting with However, with a ninja parent, or do we need to spend more time with the helicopter? No, I think that's a good. I think that's a good point. You know, from my perspective, this when I was playing with this idea of ninja, it was it was actually related to you know letting children learn for themselves or creating situations, possibly slightly artificially, which allow the children to learn for themselves. Obviously, we don't want them to have massive accidents or, you know, be in touch with dangerous, dangerous things. But we can start off, you know, going back to and I talk about this all the time. When babies learn to walk, we have to let them do it on their own. We cannot help them all the time. Yes, we hold their hands, you know, for a bit so that their muscles get built up enough to hold themselves up. But the actual act of stepping up and walking for your own on those first few steps has to be the child's one 
It has to be. Mm. We can't do it for them. And the same, you know, the same for everything, really. They have to be able to fall down and know that they can get themselves back mm. up again, you know. Yes. That's how I'm... they build their courage and their their sense of themselves in the world. And self-confidence. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. that ability. I think the, the idea for me of ninja parenting was really just that we're in the shadows. And if you think about what they're just doing in the shadows, it's usually kind of tiptoeing along behind or beside or from a different, with with a view of what's going on. That's the whole thing. There's a view of what's happening with the child. So you were very aware because they're, they're, you know, if you're a spy, what are you doing? You're watching what the person's up to. You're collecting data. If you're collecting data and you're watching, you're going to know if they're going to do something where you need to do the sneak attack and jump in and, you know, pull them away from the road or stop them picking up the big sharp knife or sticking their hand in the fire or whatever. You know, hopefully they're not alone to the point where they're in danger like that anyway. But you're kind of giving them a bit of rope. My, yes. my grandmother used to say, give them enough rope to hang themselves. And and I think that might be a little bit extreme. It's extreme. Just a tad. But you give them a bit more rope and a bit more rope. Yes. Just so they've you know, got a bit more distance from you. Yes. Not necessarily out of sight, but just so that they can try stuff. Because, you know, if they do fall over, how do they learn to get back up again? Mm. If they got to, um, you know, say they're in the park. And they come across another child who's on the slide or the swing or whatever that they want to be on. Maybe they have to learn how to negotiate in whatever way, depending on their age, you know, how to negotiate playing with rather than us going in and going, oh, hello, let's talk, you know, why don't we do this together? Let them work it out. Yes. Let them. Mm -hmm. And and I'm reminded of... um, I suppose you call it you would call it an apocryphal story of um and you could set it anywhere mm-hmm. in in a in a society where boys come of age by doing something Yeah, um, like a rite of passage or yes, so they yeah. have to so in this story that the boys at thirteen have to go out into the bush or the wild mm. on their own yeah. to hunt with their spear and stay overnight on their own. And then come back, hopefully with something they've they've hunted, bring it back to the village. Yeah. And that a boy is quite fearful goes out, but he does it. He sits there all night. Um, and then um, whether he manages to hunt or not, he goes back to the, the village and speaks to his father and says, and I was really fearful, but I did it. He, and the father says, yes, I know. I was quite close by just watching to make sure that you were okay. But the son didn't know. No. As far as the son was concerned, he was on his own, out there amongst the wild animals, lions, hyenas, whatever. Spiders and snakes. Oh, spiders and snakes. Yes. Snakes. Oh, snakes. But but he'd done it. Yeah. And, And his father had, rather than saying, oh, it's okay, son, I'll be in the bush near you. Don't exactly. worry, I'll put you back. Exactly. He's just very quietly. With a ninja. He's a ninja. He was being a ninja. He was there. He could see, but he yeah. knew that he didn't have to intervene. And his son had the 
the kind of the, the, the pride of coming back to say I think he must have hunted for something and brought it back you know yeah. that pride of saying now I'm a man because I've I survived and I did what I had to do. I survived the night, I caught something, I brought it back to the village. But the other thing about that, Mari, is his dad would have showed him how to do all that before. He wouldn't have just gone, right, you're 30, off you go, into the forest tonight, it's your turn. You know, he would have been taught how to do something. And I think that that's what we allow to happen when we're ninjuring rather than hovering. You know, because if we do it all for them, then how do they learn? How do they learn muscle memory? How do they learn how to think things through and solve problems and stuff like that? So well, that's really where I was going. And and I think the the thing is, we want to be good parents. And thinking about the longer term picture of being a good parent, what if we go to the end point? The point when the kids have all grown up and they've just said, right, I'm leaving home. I'm going to uni or I'm going to go and get that job in Scotland or, you know, I'm, I'm doing something that's out of the home away from you, mummy and daddy. What do we want them to have when they leave? What skills do they need? What talents and qualities and sense of value and sense of in individuality or identity mm. how do they get that if we're always there doing stuff for them absolutely and i'm even thinking of the youngster that says i'm going off to do this is yeah. a youngster who hasn't had the helicopter parents because they've already got so many ideas and skills in their rucksack probably mm. i mean some some may be escaping helicopter parents but they're going out yeah. without the skills necessarily without the quite possibly yeah. the ability to to know i think there's something as well about the, there's the intangibles that our our children learn as we're raising them mm. that kind of uh, my you know, mine would have said that street smarts yes so i remember yeah. one of mine saying to me mum i've got more street smarts than you think i have because yeah. i i go to school in the big town yeah. I go in and out on the bus and I'm mixing oh. with a lot of different kinds of people. So yeah. basically saying, you know, mum, and I that got this. <laughs> but that's another thing, isn't it? We have to trust. We have to trust and have faith that our children are going to be okay out in the big world. We have to give them the space, the rope, if you like, to learn how to handle themselves. And they cannot do that if we're always there. We have to step back. Mm. And then at the end, when they leave and they go away to uni or they go to Scotland or wherever the heck they end up, and they're, they're actually doing it, they're managing it, then we know we've been a good parent. We know because mm. they've got the skills to manage on their own. And that, that brings an immense amount of pride and satisfaction to everybody. Mm parents included it does and i and i think there's one other tiny aspect i was thinking of there as well while we're talking is that bit where where children know that it's okay to tell us stuff because we're not going to yeah fall over in a faint or rescue them and say no 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 you've done it wrong let me show you how let me do it for you or they try and protect us i i I was working up to telling you this but i didn't know how to tell you yeah and and i think that some young people learn to be less 
open about things because they know that their parents are waiting. Let them learn. And if they do, if they do fall. Even if it does happen, even if it does happen, as you say, we then can show them. And and this isn't the sort of thing that we want to engineer to happen. Right. We don't want them to fall off and break something. But if they were to have an accident and break a bone, like in no arm or something like that, then we get to show them this is what we do. We can be calm. We can help you. We can take you to hospital or to get the ambulance or whatever happens. But that's another thing. And we can all deal with it. We can have the confidence to show you and you can take your cues from us, if you like, Mm. because you can see that we know it's going to be okay. We're going to make it okay. We don't have to do it from quite so close by. Yes. So in very simple terms from that point of view, the the two different different ways of watching one is hyper alert and hyper vigilant and spotlight on all the time yeah Yeah. and the other is just in the background i'm here you know you know that you can get hold of me if you need me i'm aware of what's going on i'm definitely aware yeah Mm. yeah but i'm gonna let you sort stuff out because i know you're okay you can do this if it's a new thing i'll teach you how to do it first and then i'll step away and let you get on yes and it is it is all of these things that we're, we're whether we're the watching or how we watch or how we step in, the skills for life. Because, Absolutely. You know, if we, we spend our lives waiting for someone to come and rescue us. Yeah. That. And then the worst happens and nobody rescues us, then that's maybe the end of the world. But if we spend our lives thinking, well, actually, no, I'm, I can do most things, but I know that if I get to a point where something's challenging, I can... Because that's another skill, isn't it? The other skill is asking for help, which we don't tend to teach people. No. And that's a really important one is just the ability to be able to ask for help and not feel bad about it. It's just a thing that we all need when we live in a social environment. Yes, it's such an interesting one that that bit of but why wouldn't you? Yeah. But, but I'm just I'm just thinking of, you know, I I had um, a completely different thing, but I had a back problem before Christmas. It took me a week to work out that taking painkillers might be a good idea. Yeah. Be asking yeah. for help bit. Oh, you might pick up the phone to the GP and ask if, if there's anything else they can do. Yeah. And it took me a week to, and I was just kind of fighting through. That's fine. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I just so thought stand that. up. <laughs> then it sort of. So this, the asking for help isn't a shameful thing. No, no, it's absolutely. quite a brave in some cases. But I think it's, it's a, very courageous, absolutely. A, but a sensible thing. You know, if you've got an ninja parent, it's, um, I wonder if the ninja parent's around, can I just say, not coping with this one? Thanks, you've done enough. Off yeah, go anybody, got a, anybody got a suggestion at this point? <laughs> yes. Yeah, and, and but also if they're they're skilled enough, they'll know the point at which to say thanks. That's great. Yeah, you off you go. Shadows now, shadows for you. This. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. and a ninja parent will say babo, ba. And you know yeah. where I am if you want me, but yeah. carry on. Okay. So and so that, that is, yeah, so that is it. That is the stuff today. Helicopter or ninja? Um, I know where I am, but then that's because I'm a bit you know Chinese anyway, and. So I've been thinking about 
martial arts quite a lot. Yeah. Ninjas are Japanese, just um, just for those who want factual accuracy. I'm just going off to get my black jumpsuit and my mask ready. So I can be in the shadows. Yeah, I'll meet you there. Yes. And and also, you know, as a, as I said before, a parent and a grandparent, if if you're looking back thinking, oh, maybe I was a bit too helicopter with my children, it's not too late with your grandchildren. Never. Yeah, but it's never too late. Or nieces and nephews or... Even now, because if you were a helicopter parent, your children might still kind of rely on you quite a lot to help out or to, to, you know, to come to the rescue. And you you can still say to them, what would you do? Like we were talking about in another podcast. Or you could say, I believe in you. You've got this. Yes. I'll see you later. Yes. We can still do it. So no, I think that's, it. that's brilliant stuff. Thank Helicopter you. or ninja. Yeah. Yeah, here we are. Striking a pose. Absolutely. Black jumpsuit, mask. Yep. I'm in mask. There. As long as I don't have to be a turtle. No, no turtles needed. No. <laughs> Just a ninja. Oh, thank you. That's that's really, really interesting stuff. Oh, and encouraging. You. Well, encouraging fun as well. Everybody. You know, there's a bit of fun in there, isn't yes. there? not taking it too seriously no just and 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 parenting just becomes so much more of a joy yeah and there's a bit of more space for the parent to just be a a person not a parent you know maybe just be you whoever you are fabulous thank you (laughs) thanks a lot it's been good it's been fun see you later see you later take care okay Bye. bye for now so that's it today thanks for listening we hope it's given you some thoughts and ideas to help you growing your happy family and we'll be back soon with another episode thanks to Mari for co-hosting Mari's got a podcast as well called Intentional Conversations about counselling and therapy and thank you to Mick Parks for the musical contributions that are on here too if you'd like to know more about the ways that we could work together or you'd like to give us feedback about the podcast or suggestions for uh, future episodes, please go to our website at heartfeltthinking.com. And my name is Kim Leone and this has been the Growing Happy Families podcast where we aim to help you clarify your goals for your family, understand what makes your family members tick and work out what helps you to get along better. See you soon.